everyone, it's me here, and welcome back to the Super Combo Podcast. As usual, I'm joined by our co-host, Chris of Unix. Chris, how are you doing today? I'm all right. I am all right. We got spoilers coming in, in mass. We've got, uh, I don't really know what else there is, actually. That was kind of all I got. We got spoilers coming in, in mass, <laughs> and um, we got a discussion about said spoilers, and I think that's really kind of where we're at right now in the community. It's a little too early talk about a competitive season um we're pretty much at the point where we can start building decks i really think the only thing we're missing is like the rest of the zamasu archetype i think we got full set spoilers um it's gonna be a little weird though like this is gonna be the longest amount of time we've ever had between complete spoilers and uh actually having the set out so all i want to say to everybody is if competitive season rolls around and you don't know what deck you're playing yet the sheer laziness <laughs> just it's, sheer it's, laziness uh -huh. well that's the thing with me though and like i do it on purpose i don't test anything before the competitive like before the cards land i actually don't test anything and my biggest reason mm. for my biggest reason for that is because i we end up getting reveals so early that i feel like if i start testing things the month and a half before we ever actually get the cards already i'll start to feel the staleness of the set as i start playing with the real cards so I like to keep it fresh specifically for the fact that like I just want to experience the set when it comes out as opposed to feeling like I've seen everything there is to see before getting in there. But at the same time, I'm also like a content creator. So like for me, I play in regionals and stuff like that to meme more so to like than like trying to top every single tournament I play in like to play a super competitive deck. So I guess from that end, my perspective is a little different, but I don't know. I, I This is going to be long because like already this format feels stale. Now, I'm not saying it's bad. It's a skill-intensive format, but it is starting to feel stale. See, I feel like if they don't touch Icarus hard enough, it's going to be stale. But it's kind of wild because, like, I, I won't front. I've been testing this set quite a lot. Like, quite a lot. And what I've been finding is that if Icarus stays the way it is, uh, it's sad. <laughs> it's yeah. going to be real sad it's, for you guys. But if Icarus gets uh, touched, if it gets uh, diddled a little bit, then um, actually like almost every set, almost every deck that came out of this set can be played without feeling like you're a dingus for sleeving it up, which is something I could not say for Sand Showdown, like in my wildest dreams. Yeah, there's a, a few archetypes, there's a few, like, there's there's avenues of play here that are not just the SR. So I, I will say, I think the SR quality is lower in the set, but in general, the archetypes are way more fleshed out, and they they feel like, like you said, like, you can take them to the table and, like, not feel like an idiot doing so, right? Um, so I think, um, and even even now, the this week, the spoilers we got lend themselves really well to that kind of ideal, which is really exciting. Um, mind you... I'll, half of them are yellow but like nevertheless <laughs> um i do think and th that'll actually be one of our quick quick topics once we go over the spoilers is basically like banless predictions where are we sticking to what do we want to see the format change and i guess um because they haven't like you said they haven't even made like organized play announcement yet so like we don't i would assume organized play will kickstart back up in february something like that um but even then when organized play kicks off it's going to be a sane showdown meta you know, we're not getting the, now that the set's been delayed till March, we're not seeing God of the Ra uh, uh, Realm of the Gods until afterwards. So, um, so for whatever players are getting comfortable, even though we don't have announcements yet, I feel like probably this week, 
uh, once they're done revealing everything, we'll probably get either like a ban list post of when it's supposed to happen uh, or an organized play post and see like what the plans are for 2022. So, um, but for the moment, it's just a lot of speculation, a lot of, hey, here's new cards. Let's enjoy new cards. Let's talk about decks. Um, and then banless predictions because everyone's saying like how do you how do you t you know what do you do with yellow and I think we can save that until afterwards but nevertheless there are a ton of cards to talk to they wrapped up the green but the, the only thing we got there was a Kaba SR so like I'm gonna leave that behind and jump into the two new colors that hey, got whoa whoa <laughs> SR. did they not yeah the green Kaba SR that they got what? so I, so we might as well have, okay so to wrap up green cob oh never mind it's an uncommon it looked like an sr i'm just I'm okay just, i was just i was I, confused i was like <laughs> what did i miss but no 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 i'm on the good good i guess the i guess the most exciting thing that green got was this like blue green like frost line like i guess it was kind of like a cool line um but uh basically the biggest things we got this past week is blue got reveals like almost the, i think all of blue got revealed uh, mm -hmm. We got yellow reveals, and we're still going through those this week. And we got the last secret rare uh, with, like, the slew of, like, the rest of, like, the black commons and stuff, um, which was their way of saying, like, hey, guys, by the way, set's being delayed, so here's a secret rare. <laughs> Yay. Um, but, yeah, so let's kick off with the secret rare, and then we can talk about blue, and then we'll go ahead and jump on to yellow. So the final secret rare, and this basically confirms to me that Vegeta has to be the god rare, is yeah, Supreme... Kinda supreme kai of time brainwashed and uh she looking kind of thick <laughs> you said it confirms that vegeta's the god rare but i mean look if we get a freaking ghost rare titty mage that, that's kind of game <laughs> like I, I i dare i say ghost rare titty mage will sell harder than ghost rare ssb vegeta uh, you, you know i had never considered when last episode uh, when I was talking about how like Vegeta is like guaranteed as like secret rare unless it's a Goku, I had never considered the titty tax. <laughs> and now, th <laughs> now that it's here, <laughs> uh, but yep, uh, eight cost, one specified black, forty k, ten k combo for one ultimate double strike servant, which is funky, basically making it a fifty k. Activate battle for one black, specified black. If you have three or more energy, play this card from your hand. So this is very much tied to black decks, especially when you have the activate main battle for one of any color for some reason. If your leader card is black and you remove this card from the game until the start of your next turn, your opponent can't attack with battle cards or using cards unless they choose one card from their life and place it in their drop area each time. So basically a hard topo, um, but very specific to black. Um, it's essentially hatch. <laughs> Uh, though they can still attack with their leader, so at least there's that. Um, I don't... Here's the thing. This card's cool. It's interesting. Um, it, it, it's kind of funky. Um, but I don't see us playing this over Pan, over um, the regular Supreme Kai, because at least that one wipes the board. Um, but this one does swing for 50k double strike, so it's more aggressive. But I don't think black decks are running this... At the moment, they might, and there might be a world where a couple might feel like they're better and more advantageous to do so. Um, especially since Servant means you can put her back in the deck and start looping her if you happen to have some Overlord stuff. But I I don't think I'm seeing this one being played at the moment. Okay. So here's my hard take. And you know what? Every time, every time I get on this podcast with dear old George, I think of 
a video, which I can do. And I record it that night and it's good for me because it's a video I wouldn't have thought about otherwise. Um, I think there are more merits to this than I originally looked at. So in terms of cost, it is the same amount to play on board as Kai, but you have to pay one more to get its effect. Uh, that being said, when you play with Kai, it only stops unison and you know battle or unison and leaders. So battle cards can still just have their way with your chiefs. Whereas this card is going to put a firm, like, do you have, like, if you have four life, do you think you can finish me in four attacks? And also, do you think I have any negates at hand? Because if you swing and pay a life just to get negated, you are going to feel negative 300 IQ play. So that that's a thing. It has one extra cost for the ability to be a harder stop. Um, however, Pan is free. And Pan can stop all battle cards. But of course, the leaders in unison start squeaking by. But Pan also doesn't stop the attack. None of these really stop the attack. Now, my one thing about this card that's kind of interesting is, one, when, uh, when you play Kai defensively, Kai still has to survive to your next turn. And as we all know, there are a lot of cards that can prevent that from happening. A whole lot of cards. It's actually kind of ridiculous. Um, this card is different in the sense that both plays are activate battle. Yeah. So you can play it, and if they don't counterattack it, I'm fairly certain you can pay the cost once it comes into play and just get the effect off. So yes, it's two energy, but you're going to be able to slide this in. And the coolest part about you being able to use both effects like that is um, it's like, well, this one doesn't really have a wipe effect. Like it's, it, there's so much to go into. It's not proactive like Kai is. Kai, you could play it defensively to stop you in some weird pinch situations. You can play it aggressively. Um, if it survives the defensive play, you can wipe your opponent's board. This thing is interesting because it's going to do all its work on your opponent's turn and then be able to turn sideways for a 50k, you know, double strike. And you don't have to really fear kind of like being screwed about it because of that. But also something that's actually interesting is that this card on its own does what Champa Kai or Champa Pan was going to do at the cost of costing one energy, which... For Kai, it's just like a break-even. It's the same exact thing. But for uh, Pan, you're paying one more extra energy. But it comes with the Chompa. So if your opponent's in a position where they weren't going to survive Kai Chompa or Pan Chompa, they're not going to survive this. In fact, it's 10k higher, and it's got double strike. So it's very interesting. I think it's going to be very format-dependent, but its Floodgate is stronger for costing one more. But in exchange for that, yeah, there's, there's a lot. I don't think it's as simple as writing it off. But I, I definitely don't think you'd auto-lose by including this over Pan and the other thing. I think there are some definite different, like, effects or different decks that'll do kind of different things. Like, uh, for Gogeta Zeno, they might like Pan or Kai. But for Trunks and Gogeta Zeno, there's so much removal, single-target removal in that deck. The Warping of Kai is kind of discounted. Like, it, it's it's not as as valued simply because those decks will start picking off your board. And if you can't answer their cards, they're going to answer your cards every turn they turn sideways. So I don't know. There's a there's a lot to dig into this deck and I or this card and I can't wait to actually make a video on it. Yeah, that's 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 the thing. Like I like I'm very quick to write off because like to me it's just like it's in the sense it's just like if you know it's better than costing one or two, it's free. <laughs> but yeah. uh but nevertheless I do think it's very much like I think there are places where um the meta call can like first off it's not as generic as either of those two we are only talking strictly about black decks for what it's worth um but 
I will say one of the things to note about uh, is that like if we take a step back and we talk about the dichotomy between Pan and the regular Supreme Kai, uh, what's funny enough is that in a meta where everyone's running Pan, Kai is actually better. And then in a meta where Kai sees way more play, then you can switch over to Pan. Like it's it's funny, but they basically alternate each other in terms of which one does best for the other. Because if Pan is amazing, that means bands are boards are flooded, and then if boards are flooded, that means you want a board wipe. Um, otherwise, you know. And then once everyone plays Kai, well, then there's no reason to play Kai because everyone's playing around boards. <laughs> so it's it's this funny back and forth. And then in that you know, bounce between the two of them. I think this might be somewhere where for Black Deck, Supreme Kai of Time, Brainwashed might be able to fit in and provide like a triangle sort of thing where we could see, at least for Black Decks, um, alternating between secret rares based on where the meta is shifting. So like, I agree with you. I think there's more to it. Um, but nevertheless, I don't think, one, it's just not as generic. So, you know, there's only so many Black Decks at C play. Um, but additionally, It'll probably just depend on where they feel the met is before making a call on that one. But for what it's worth, like you said, the floodgate's super strong. If you don't have, if you don't plan on killing me in four swings, well, then you're just going to kill yourself. So you, you best either stop or make sure you can actually do it. Yeah, you're going to put yourself in chopper range. And also, I think something that kind of floated into my mind when you were talking is um, right now, most of our black decks are low to the ground and they play on curve. And in a deck that plays on curve, Supreme Kai of Time Brainwashed is not going to feel as good as Pan. That's actually why Pan is so good for all these decks, because most decks right now play on curve. Of course, Blue has Baby Hatch, but you look at the decks that are mana or energy intensive, you know, Gogeta Zeno, energy intensive. Like, yes, some of your plays are only one energy, but you're only really getting a three, sometimes four energy. Um, you look at things like, like, uh, wow, I'm blanking now, like uh, Vegeta with Bardock's crew very energy intensive all these decks are going to value a free floodgate secret rare but if you were to ever play a deck that had a higher curve you know that was more responsive like sin shinron may actually like a card like this a little better they may be actually able to now granted you're going to bottom deck it far too often discard it far too often but a deck that like may sit on its energy and wait for you to come to it in black would probably like this a lot more as a leader which means that you know maybe trunks in a in a world where you might play more than 50 because those mills get hella wild trunks from the new set may actually like this card because there are plays where you can sit there and as long as your field doesn't get addressed you're not doing anything with your energy on your turn there's no reason to invest more just to get nuked so yeah it's it's kind of weird i think that right now this doesn't have a place but it's only a matter of time until we get another hatchyak type black deck and in that case this card would be goaded yeah yeah i really yeah i like that point like uh, it, it almost reminds me a little bit of like because i actually got asked this question earlier today it's like what decks would you look to play the wicked saints in and i'm like well any deck that's looking for a fifth ribrian to be honest <laughs> um is probably and then actually this secret is like remind me of like yeah like you said maybe black decks are looking to slow down the tempo of the game a little maybe this is the you know the card for the black deck that wants the fifth floodgate you know, and then it alternatively has additional usage from there. That could be it. Like, for, you're still spending two energy uh, energy anyways, and it's going to be preventing your opponent from coming in. Maybe that's just what the deck needed to be able to pop off when it's turn six or seven. Um, so, yeah, I think uh, that's actually, like, a really good consideration in terms of, like, what we could do or what decks in the future could be looking to use the card. <sighs> and uh, that's pretty much it for the secret rare. Of course, we do have two colors to cover. Uh, in terms of releases or reveals over the week. So the first one is a bootleg Soul Striker. 
Uh, Sun Goku, 10k, activate battle. If this card in a battle, if this card is in a battle and you choose one Saiyan card in your hand and discard it, you draw a card, then add up to one card from your life to your hand and negate this skill for the battle. So it's not once per turn, you get to do it over and over and over again. It's like, well, why, why are you trying to, you know, drain your life so much? Well, uh, awaken when your life is at two or less and... Or you place five Saiyan cards under this card from your drop area. You get to draw three cards, switch on your energy tactic mode, and flip it over. Wild. <laughs> and then on the Awakened side, we have SSG Son Goku Crimson Warrior. Which, like, it's a shame this card is... This leader is IMO kind of as miserable as he is. Because, like, this is a very pretty card. Auto, when this card attacks, you get to draw a card. Then switch up to one of your mono blue energy to active mode. So it's a half invoker. Or, I mean, a half soul striker. And then activate battle once per turn. You get to place X cards from under this card in its owner's drop area. It's very thematic. You use five because it took five Saiyans to turn Goku into a god. And then this card gets 2k power for the battle for each card placed in a dropper using the skill. And then if you place three or more cards in the dropper using the skill, you get to draw a card and then switch one of your mono blue energy to active mode. I think... They're going to ban Soul Striker because they made this card. I think it's a damn shame that we haven't seen cards that actually put cards underneath the leader. Like, if I have misread something, <laughs> please let me know. But I went to the card list. I, like, went to blue cards, and I searched, like, put under and saw all the cards that said put under. They're all archetype specific. There's some kills. There's some, like, like, I cannot for the life of me find out how in this deck you awaken early or on time. <laughs> or not in chomper range like this shit is <laughs> devastating like i i just I, I i keep trying to make sense of it and it's not it's not helping me make sense of it so uh that's disappointing in its own the funny part is outside of the awakening i really like the leader like the leader what? is yeah he's, a half, dude, he's like, a half soul striker that's all it is well look, 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 look. he's a half soul striker on the front and then on the back, he can go full Soul Striker if you just detach cards from him. <laughs> yeah, so he's a, so nine times out of ten, he's a half Soul Striker, especially he's, since he's like. And then you only get the double untap one time because, like you said, there's no way to put cards under him, and the only way you're getting the untap is if you pitch three of them out of the five. <laughs> Look, bro. Look, bro. Yeah, yes. <laughs> first off, I think yeah. you're getting ahead of yourself because I don't even know how you put those first five on there. <laughs> <laughs> like, let, let's be clear first. <laughs> One time. So far, it looks like a fat whopping zero times. However, however, um, look, the leader is... Let me, let me just look at this again. First off, his activate battle is cool. He, he can self-awaken like a mug, okay? All right, draw a card and add up a card. That's a plus two. Every time he gets swung on, that's a plus. Like, that's that. Well, it's a plus one. Every time he gets swung on, that's a plus one. And you're feeling the graveyard for Sparky. I think that's actually really cool. It's just that two life, bro. Like, right? How does he get cards under him? This is the mystery. Like, I, I, I will, I will pay somebody to figure out how this crap works because I could not <laughs> find it. And it's just, it's just crazy. Now that being said, like he's not a half soul striker. He's a two third soul striker. He draws one and he untaps one. That's that's, okay. that's 
two yeah. out of the three things. But yeah. if you detach from them, and if we could finally figure out, and it's not like two TP cards, Lord help me if it's two TP cards. I think I, it has but, to be TPs at this point. I don't know what bro, the heck else it would be. If, they, if, if, this, if this deck allows you to put cards under him reliably, it's going to be nasty because when you use his activate battle card, he's like Soul Striker on cocaine. Like he literally is drawing to untapping you. And it, it does it, and it, and you can untap on your opponent's turn. Like, there's that. That's funny, right? The question is how. Yeah, how. and and at this point, they sh they revealed all the blue cards, or almost all of them. So like, at, it has to be a TP, right? Mm. Uh, ugh. You know how we feel about TPs getting like effects like this. Yeah, the one where the whole deck doesn't work without it. <laughs> Ban Soul Striker. Make the new Soul Striker only work if you have TPs. Bro, Genius. Yo, we have Soul Striker at home. Soul Striker at home costs four hundred dollars. Because oh, yeah. four TPs. <laughs> oh yeah. Get oh, it. It'll be just like when uh play sets of heroic prospects were like cash money. Yeah. Uh so like that's the thing. Like, I just, it's a, it's a, it's a, which is fine. Like, maybe Soul Striker, Soul Striker from the get go probably should have been a little bit more archetypal. He's insanely generic and there's no reason to run any other leader nine times out of ten. So, like, fine. If you want the Soul Striker effect to live on, and it's, it's kind of what they've done with a lot of cards here. Like, we've seen Poutine effects, and I think, and we can talk more about this when we talk ban list at the end, but like, Poutine has gotten like two different cards that do the Poutine thing. It's almost guaranteed that they're probably going to get rid of Poutine in the ban list. It feels like this is a similar trend with this. Goku, where they're trying to do Soul Striker, quote unquote, correctly, um, but I don't know. It's just tough, especially since I don't think this. Like, if you get rid of Soul Striker and you bring in this, um, I think blue just you know sits in green territory for a while, where like the color just doesn't see play. But nevertheless, people uh, love blue too much. That's Let's true. People, have, I'll force it because I love blue. So you know, even if it's you do. Yep. Uh, alternatively. We did get a Wii Sark type. Now, this one boggles my mind. Uh, 10k, activate main, switch this card to rest mode, you draw a card, and then you play up to one blue or yellow skillless battle card with 15k power from your draw from your deck or drop in your opponent's battle area in rest mode. Shuffle your deck if you look through it. And then he awakens at three life. What is with these low life totals this set, man? When you look at three or less, or your opponent's leader card back is facing up. So basically, if your opponent's awakened, you get to draw two cards and then flip them over. On the awakened side, you have Whis Invitation to Battle. It's a 15k auto once per turn. When one of your Beerus cards attacks and KOs an opponent's battle card, switch up to one of your blue Beerus cards in your energy tactic mode. With an activate main, switch this card to rest mode, draw one card, then play up to one blue or yellow skill as battle card with 15k power from your drop area in your opponent's battle area in rest mode. Now, I'm going to just come out and say, so like I'm not going to look at every single Whis archetypal card, but basically the way that the Whis archetype works is that it's a KO based archetype. Who the heck is KOing cards in blue of all things? Why, why do we have KO cards? And cards that care about KO in blue. This shit boggles my mind. So you haven't been looking at these Beerus cards. <laughs> no, the Beerus is super solid. Don't get me wrong. I think the Beerus card is actually, like, rocking. It is a solid card. Um, the You know, the SR is pretty dope. The blue-yellow one's actually like, pretty cracked. Um, but nevertheless, it's... Uh, I just don't see it, man. Like it's and like I get it. You're playing. Whis plays the target on board so that you can go off and do it. But like, <laughs> I don't know, man. This feels janky. <laughs> now you, um, I mean, look, they're gonna do what they're gonna do. Okay. Um, Whis, see, look. Here's the thing. Is here's the thing. 
First off, Whis is a turn two awakener. All right. You may think it's not, but it is. Because your opponent awakens on turn two. <laughs> exactly. You're never going to awaken on turn three life. Your opponent's going to awaken, and Whis is going to be like, all right, bet. Like, I guess I need to just get a little stronger too. Like, you got stronger. Let me put on the gas a little bit. So, mm. Whis is going to do what Whis is going to do. And then on top of that, Whis is thinning out your deck for the first probably two turns. Uh, he's actually a plus two. Because he's going to be put, well, I mean, he's a filter too. He's a plus one. He's giving you a card in hand. He's going to be pulling two cards out of your deck total. That's pretty neat. He's giving your opponent targets to, uh, or your opponent cards on board for you to target with your KO effects with the Beerus. And the KO effects on Beerus is pretty strong. But the fact that when you do KO something, you're going to be able to untap an energy allows you to play Blue's game very, very strong. Like, you're going to be able to. Tap, draw, play a card from your grave, swing on it, or make a play, swing on it, and then untap more. So, I mean, that's pretty wild. Not to mention the Beerus Ruthless Pursuer. That dude, if he KOs the card, then you're going to literally untap two energy. Mm. Like Soul Striker who? No, I'm kidding. But um, <laughs> they're really just trying to make Soul Striker work for it. Right. And I think that's actually, like, super important. Um, and then they're not making it, like, hard like they put a they put an mf counter play. <laughs> counter <laughs> counter if like i saw that i don't care how restricted it is i'm like absolutely not the fact that you're you're gonna they're gonna give you a free 15k you're gonna be like all right they're gonna summon this 20k beers and swing you're gonna be like all right i'll raise you on counter absolutely not and they're gonna play this carefully play, uh, play time they're going to switch up to their one of their blue energy to active mode you're going to get your card clapped. And then they're going to switch two more energy active mode. And you're going to start spazzing. Like, I will start foaming from the mouth. The moment I try to use a freaking negate, my opponent slaps my hand and untaps three. I will foam. <laughs> that shit is ignorant. Uh, that's... <laughs> I don't know why. Like I saw counter counter in blue. I was like, did blue get a counter counter before red did? I'm sick. Red's got a counter counter. It just only it's hits red yellow. No, it's got a red one. It only hits uh like the the King Vegeta one. Nope. Oh, nope. Okay. K yeah, one energy. Don't sparking. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> exactly. Nah, we're good. We're we're gonna be okay. Um, that uh, that one ain't it, Chief. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the so the Beeruses that work alongside Whis, and actually the the Beeruses are just solid cards across the board. Um, but we got a blue uh a blue yellow one, and we got a uh the SR the blue one. So the blue yellow one, which is actually one that combos really well with like Soul Striker and Grand Priest. Um, Beerus Competitive Impulse is a two cost one yellow one uh, one blue ten k for one sixteen k double striker. Where when he's played, you get to choose up to one of your opponent's battle cards and switch it to rest mode. And then auto once return when this card attacks and KOs an opponent's battle card, you get the draw card, switch this card to active mode, and then place one one card from your opponent's life to the bottom of their deck. So you're burning them, and then you're swinging again with a double striker. This card is incredibly degenerate. It's ridiculous. It plays really well in a Soul Striker Grand Priest combo, especially since Grand with Soul Striker, you can um, get the activate battle twice. Once on your turn, once on your opponent's turn. So you're basically untapping two energy with the Grand Priest. And then you're able to do shenanigans, like play Beerus for free. And then play another one. And it's just, it, it's very, very, very strong. Yeah, it's uh, I, I'm kidding, it's strong. It's, it's really strong. 
and then alternatively, we have Beerus, Ruthless Pursuer, 4 cost, 2 specified blue, 10k for 1, 20k double striker, auto limit 1. When this card attacks and KOs an opponent's battle card, switch this card uh, and up to 1 of your blue energy to active mode. And then auto limit 1. If your leader card is blue and this card is in your combo area, one of your blue battle cards attacks and kills an opponent's battle card, draw one card, then play this card from your combo area. So you can play him for one uh, if you swing in and actually KO something. And then if he happens to KO something, uh, you get the benefit uh, that you get your double striker back and you get an extra energy. Don't get me wrong, the cards are good. It's just kind of funky to me that we care about KOing in blue. It's very, it's It very much feels like Blue is encroaching on green's color identity in that sense. I guess is my biggest thing. It is. All right. If these KO'd cards by effect, I would 100% agree. It's it's weird because it's pushing blue in a punchy direction, and that I don't like. It's kind of weird because blue, I feel like, just, you know, it's a little bit more defensive. But these are weird because they encourage KOing, but the yellow ones are all like, I swing and sometimes I just pop shit. <laughs> These guys are like, I swing and if I kill something, which is honestly really weird because yeah, they don't they don't give it destruction through effect, and that would be like hella green. But it's also a bunch of Beerus cards requiring that he destroys stuff, and that's really cute. It's very, it's very cute. It's very thematic. Yes. But um, I don't know. It's going to be a different kind of blue deck. The issue is when you give a color like blue good offense, you make a problem because blue is currently pretty much the best well yellow is the best color at defending themselves but blue is like a close second blue mm -hmm. still has like essentially one of the most pivotal secret rares in the game yeah um, I, could, I can tap out and prevent you from attacking all turn anyways <laughs> d magic going brazy like if you start splashing with the yellow you're gonna get into the realm of a uh, kale getting in there getting in your cheeks for no reason or sorry kefla getting in your cheeks for no reason that's actually the card name, by the way, in case you don't know. It's literally carefully getting your cheeks for no reason. Yep. But um, yeah, it's just it's just kind of weird. At this point, I'm like, hmm. It scares me to see offense in blue like this because blue will be able to hold on to their life very, very well. And if they get cards that punch you, it's just gonna be an all around, very, very well rounded deck. So That's we'll see how it plays out. I'm but uh, again, excited. for real, again, none of this matters if Icarus stays the same way it is. True. Because uh, Robotic Riposte is a good card. Power of Super Saiyan is a good card. None of these I got so. deflect. So. <laughs> like, congratulations. I hope you love these guys coming into play tap. Yep, pretty much. Um, but nevertheless, they're like super solid. Um, and then the last SR that really rounds out like things that we've gotten in blue is uh, Miraculous Transformation. Now this one's interesting it's powerful but i think people are way too hyped on it than they're more hyped on it than it probably warrants um it's a six cost it's got three specified blue it's a 20k it has all the keywords for what it's worth it's deflect a triple striker barrier it's got unique so you're only getting one on board and it's a counter attack negate the attack and play this card in rest mode and during your opponent's turn you get to reduce the energy cost of this card in your hand by one for each card in your opponent's energy so on turn three beyond it is a three cost with another permanent where if your leader card is a mono blue and this card is in rest mode your opponent's battle cards can't attack leader cards so effectively uh making it a um deadly defender um but he's a, he's a 20k triple striking deadly defender but i and he's got barry he's got deflect he's got all the good keywords i just i don't know it, it it's like a lot of people are saying hey you know, this is incredibly good because then you can play this card in the gates attack and then your opponent has to attack into this thing. And then when they try to deal with it, we can like 
bean it and dimension magic and then i'm like you guys are adding a lot of extra steps like not only did that cost you three energy to get this whole situation going but now we're in a position where and like here's the thing this might be one of those things where maybe like i'm thinking too critically of it and like in action it turns out it works out better than it does but i'm in this like headspace where i'm like i don't know because i feel like for three energy i could have done a lot instead of just negating an attack and then trying to protect this one battle card it is nice though it's the deadly defender that's a finisher but nevertheless it still feels like it's overhyped in my opinion because like in ramp decks it'll be incredibly good don't get me wrong like i think if you're playing ss4 or gogeta ramp or anything like that you can totally afford to run this card um but in your typical blue decks i think that's a lot of energy to just hold back to create a deadly defender i'm gonna, I'm gonna put it out this way to the masses okay you need to close your eyes right now and ask yourself what i pay three energy for and you can stop right there because uh it's not like you know you even need to know the effect like three energy is just hefty in this game right now now three energy on offense to push somebody's like face in that's one thing three energy on defense to maybe to negate an attack and maybe stop other attacks let's be real like if somebody wants to combo on a 20k they'll combo on a 20k and if you want to pay three energy and then sparking the gate to untap energy and then on top of that start playing stuff to keep like dude by any means this card was like a reverse river hand. like you just ripped like four cards out of your hand to keep this idiot on board but also keep in mind that like it's got uh, as many keywords as it has it also has a lot of weird faults. If red becomes a good part of the format again, you know what's coming to the format? Broly Crown of Retribution. And you know what's yeah. going to be crowned like some shit? A 20k that requires you to keep three energy. <laughs> like, you're about to, like, you're about to keep, you're about to not play on your turn to set up for this card just for somebody on the other end of the table to pay one energy, snatch it in your hand, and make you look stupid for not progressing your game state whatsoever during your turn um it's a powerful card i just i do agree though that people are hyping it up a bit too much if you're if you're playing a three drop on your opponent's turn i'm just gonna go out on a limb and say you didn't do shit on your turn right? <laughs> just... like like yeah it's nice you got this guy out but like that's all you did and now you're gonna waste so many cards just trying to defend it when it's just like i'm, I'm sorry but three energies plenty of ways for blue to defend itself all just fine and you didn't even need to be on three to do that. You could have stayed at like two or one. You could have done something on your turn and then just does what blue does and just keep up one energy and fan that shit out to like three across the, like, you know, the going of your opponent's turn. There's just not really a reason. I don't, I, like I said, if I'm wrong, I'll eat my words. I just feel like, again, if you paid three energy on my turn, or on, uh, on my turn, you didn't do anything the previous turn. If you didn't do anything in the previous turn, you didn't progress the board state. If you didn't progress the board state, what are you doing? Losing. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's that's where I'm on. I was like, I'm open to being wrong. And, like, maybe the way the meta pans out, like, actually makes this a really good card. I just don't think it is. <laughs> Especially, like you said, I hadn't considered that, like, if Red's coming in, I hope you, like, crown because you're going to be seeing it. So, like, I don't know. It's, uh, it's... It's a card that lives in this position where it's like it does a bunch of cool things, but it just doesn't, in practice, I think, really accomplish what it's set out to do without you, like, negging really hard and then, like, 
and then maybe being able to squeak out a win afterwards. He's a tweaky triple striker that like hard to get rid of, but nevertheless, that's like, it. it I don't know. I, I just don't think it's it. But it's an interesting card nonetheless. I mean, we're having a conversation about it, so. Um. Yeah, yeah, yeah. However, that's pretty much it in regards to blue. And um, they obviously got a bunch of commons and uncommons and things that like uh, enable uh, the Whis and uh, Goku archives. But those were the most like interesting things that you know blue was looking to do out of uh, this set uh, in terms of realm of the gods. Moving onwards, though, we do have yellow and shocker. Yellow is still looking incredibly good. <laughs> uh, kicking us off, first off, we have trunks will be uh, piloting the one of the yellow decks in this set. Auto, one is card attacks, you get the draw card. Activate main if you have two or more energy and you choose one yellow Vegeta card in your battle area and place it under this card. Flip this card over. If you do, draw one card, then add cards from your life to your hand until you have six life. Otherwise, you can just awaken at four life and draw two cards. So alternate awakening, you're awakening on turn two probably almost every single time because of the way that this deck gets built. Um, super solid. And then on the awakened side, we have SSB Vegeta and this is Trunks Father Son Onslaught. So on the Awakened side, he is now a Vegeta also, which I don't know if has too much relevance in yellow, but there is something to note there. Uh, maybe there might be some Vegeta support down the line that uh, matters more for having a Vegeta leader. Auto, when this card attacks, you may draw one card. If you don't, choose up to one yellow Vegeta, yellow Trunks Future, or yellow Bulma card in which cost one in your hand, or drop and play it in rest mode. And then auto once per turn, when a yellow battle card activates an EX skill from your hand, draw one. Now this is pretty relevant in yellow just because we've had the Wii Sark type um, do a lot of EX Evolve stuff itself. So, you know, this deck working in that realm means that there is a slew of support that the deck already has access to. Nevertheless, the new stuff it has. And then activate battle once per turn, place one card from under this card in its owner's drop area. This card gets 10k power and double strike for the battle. So effectively me can pitch the Vegeta to turn it into a 25k double strike. You're pretty good. Um, just innately having that on the leader uh, is very relevant. Um, and he's a yellow Saiyan. So you can run turtles in him and all the other yellow good stuff. <laughs> Oi. That's facts. It's definitely facts. Yep. We, uh, we talked about this card um on my uh, my team's team talk uh, earlier last week and um effectively like I, I gave a really boring response and it's just because like this deck's gonna be good it's a good yellow leader it has a solid archetype uh, surrounding it that doesn't take too many cards if you don't want it to um so like yeah it's gonna be good because yellow is extremely good and this is a good archetype it's gonna it's just gonna be solid the leader's solid he draws a, a bunch of cards i mean the support cards are all pretty decent as well um, so in general, I think this leader is going to see play. It'll be another variant of a yellow leader that is probably decently pushed and is going to see uh, a good amount of uh, good amount of play. Yeah, I've actually been doing some uh, testing with it. Um, it's <sighs> it's interesting. It's got the offense, but I was already saying like <clears throat> these yellow decks only need to be a 6.5, 7 out of 10 on offense for them to be good decks because yellow's defense will carry them. Mm -hmm. uh, the way yellow's set up right now, you're not attacking. On one energy, they can stop three attacks. On two energy, they can shut down an entire turn. It's simply just the way it's set up that they are not going to be able to, like other decks don't break through. Um, yellow's defense is easy. So if yellow gets an archetype that allows it to attack and that archetype doesn't take up 40 cards in the deck, you're going to be sitting in a situation where 
the archetype will do its work and yellow will do its work. And that is all you need for a good deck. So to be honest, I would call the Trunks deck almost a mid-tier deck only because, yes, it has some amazing, like you set up very well. You put a barrier blocker poutine on board. You set up a very, very strong 35k critical that can turn to a triple strike at the flip of a like switch. But without yellow being yellow, the deck gets ran over very harshly in terms of uh, you know aggressing it. But because yellow is yellow, that's a thing. <laughs> yeah. So I like the deck. <laughs> it's just, it's just we have a ban list coming up, and I can't in good faith invest all in on this deck before we know that bit. Well. You won't have to, I mean, considering that it releases in March. So, odds are we'll probably know what the ban list is before that. Go 100%. I'm talking about my soul, my heart, Oh, my your soul. heart? Yeah, that's fair. I mean, yeah, that's true. Very true. <laughs> um, and just to bring it together, uh, when we're talking about the, the 35k crit, they actually got a really good SR um, in SSB Vegeta and SS Trunks Father Sun Bonds. I'm really ho wondering what the SPR is going to... I don't like the SR at all. I think it... It looks like they're about to hug each other or like they're looking intently in each other's eyes. I don't, it's, I don't know. What you got against that? A father can't look his son in the eyes. I, I, got, <laughs> I got, I got nothing against a love between the father and son. I got nothing against, it just, I don't know. The art for this card ain't doing it for me. It, it doesn't feel very bondly. Interesting. But nevertheless, it is a 35k critical. Activate main for two yellow. If you have three or more energy and you choose one yellow Vegeta and one yellow Trunks in your battle area, play this card from your hand and then place the chosen cards under it. So it's like a Patara fusion without being a Patara fusion. Um, activate battle, limit one. Place two cards from under this card in its owner's drop area. Draw one card. Then choose up to two of your opponent's battle cards and rest one and KO them. And then this card gains triple strike for the battle. So effectively, um, this archetype is very like... Uh, not... I wasn't gonna say glass cannon, but like it, 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 it sets up the deck to be able to do these big one shot hits. So like, your leader has like an opportunity for a big double strike swing at battle speed. Uh, the SR has an opportunity for a huge triple strike swing at battle speed. Um, and that, that's that's like the 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 offensive tempo that this deck brings. And then like Chris was saying, around you know all the yellow defensive cards means that this deck is going to, if it needs to, go to turns four, five, six. Um, but the more, but uh, but generally speaking, um, this deck is probably gonna be solid. But again, the ban list will dictate, you know, how hard yellow gets hit, and I'm I'm saying will get hit because there's no way that yellow doesn't get something touched. But never don't say that, uh, bro. Why? So that I don't jinx it, like for real. Uh, the, but yeah, this is gonna be super solid. Um, but again, it's just more yellow saint stuff, and that's basically what the whole archetype revolves around. Finally, though, and I think this is, I think I saw a poll, and I'm not surprised, this is probably the deck that people are the most excited about, besides arguably maybe Red Universe 7, um, is Zamasu, the Wish Leader, a 10k, when this card attacks, add up to two Dragon Ball cards from your deck and or life to your hand, shuffle any areas you look through using this skill, and then Wish when your life is at three or less, or there's seven Dragon Balls, so the alternative is always nice in case you really, really break on your balls. Um, and you're facing up an aggressive deck, you get to draw one card, but then place all Dragon Ball cards from your drop area to the bottom of your deck. So you, get, you have to find them again. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah. And then we have SS Rose, Goku Black, Wishes Fulfilled. So it's a Zamasu on the front, Goku Black on the backside. Activate main once per turn, you get to draw a card, 
or you get to get a Dragon Ball from your deck, or you get to remove seven Dragon Balls once you've found them all over again. Um, put them from your drop to out of the game. If you do, play up to one's a monster card with an energy cost of two or less and indestructible from your warp. And then this card gains triple attack for the turn. Um, just off the front, like the leader's okay. Doesn't do anything crazy, but the cards that it synergizes with are really, really solid. Yeah, um, I mean, it is kind of like that. And to be honest, it's I'm not really mad at that because when a leader is too snapped, then generally you then have to start looking like a snapped leader is a lot harder to to moderate than a snapped archetype. So mm. I'm not that mad. This leader seems mad. Now, if we get some cards that work really well with it, that's going to be great. But like I said, it's a lot easier to hit archetype cards than it is just a snap leader, especially if that leader is fairly generic, because then you just have Soul Striker issues. You have Mecha, Mecha Freeze issues. Like, Mecha Freeze is banned. Soul Striker is... It's, I mean, look, we've had enough cards banned for the limitation of design space, uh, and Soul Striker has been doing that since its release, so... Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, like, I, 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 don't, like, I agree with you. I don't actually mind where this leader is going so far. Um... And it leaves its space open to let its R-type cards do the interesting things, which is really cool. Um, the Dragon Ball that this deck is basically getting is Coercion, which is like weird because there's no Dragon Ball in it, but I, I understand the point. Um, where uh, it gains Dragon Ball in all areas, it costs zero, and basically you get to cycle. You um, you send a Zamasu to your warp, or a, uh, a Goku Black or Zamasu to your warp to then draw two cards. Um, so... Uh, and then the Zamasu has this thing where you can pay one to um, get it back from your uh, from your warp. So it effectively pluses one once you get to that point. Um, also, you could end up playing... You'll probably end up playing this in blue-yellow because the blue-yellow Zamasu is an incredibly good card. And then the Desire that ties brings it together. You get to play up to one Zamasu when it costs two or less and, use, uh, and instructable from your warp. So those are the Desire and Dragon Balls that come with, like, basically, you know, most Wish decks end up getting their own. That's it. Uh, they're okay, but the biggest thing that we're looking to do is to fuse Goku Black and Zamasu together to make Fuse Zamasu. And the Fuse Zamasu is actually pretty dope. It, we go into the 5-drop, and then from the 5-drop, we go into the 9-drop SR. So Fuse Zamasu, Divine Condemnation, 5 cost, 1 specified blue, 1 specified yellow, 20k, energy exhaust, unique, indestructible, blocker, Aegis Blue Yellow, OPT. <laughs> when this card activates Aegis, you get to choose up to one of your opponent's non-leader cards and switch to rest mode. Activate battle for blue-yellow if your leader is a Zamasu or Goku Black card, and there's at least one Zamasu card and one Goku Black card in your combo area, you get to play this. So it has Goku Black Zamasu Arrival, and then it's a blocker. Uh, you can't get rid of it. Uh, it is unique, though, and it has Aegis, which means we'll be untapping energy and then resting one of our opponent's battle cards for doing so, uh, which is decent. So two energy, we go into the 5-drop, and then from that... We then go into the 9-dropped Fuse Zamasu Exterminating Force for an additional 4 energy to EX Evolve on top. 35k, and then the keywords on this one are Unique, Double Strike, Indestructible, and Blocker. So he's a blocker again anyways, he's a double striker, has Aegis Blue-Yellow, and then this time around, when this card activates Aegis, you get to draw one card, switch it to active mode, and then choose one of your opponent's cards and switch it to rest. So basically just a pumped up version of the 5-drop. And then finally, uh, if your leader card is Zamasu or Goku Black, you get to get rid of its energy exhaust. Hooray. 
<laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, that last part is actually cool. But it's like, it's kind of wild because like for a little bit, I don't know, Bandai's been kind of in this weird space where they're like making like boss cards less terrible to like charge, but you're charging a boss card. So like, mm-hmm. hmm. <laughs> like, hmm. Um, well, it lines up really, especially in the Zamasu, because, like, if you're playing this, you're playing blue-yellow, obviously. Um, and then, like, you only really need to charge the first one you see, so if you get stuck with the first one in your hand, from there, if you want to keep charging blue-yellow, you can just keep charging the, um, the, uh, Eliminator at that point on, if you're in a matchup where it doesn't really use. Like, it, just having the one, uh, non-energy exhaust on turn one actually makes a pretty big difference tempo-wise for this deck. That's so, fair. So it's it's actually more useful than it seems because like this does feel like the type of deck where you might want to see four of them just to make sure you see them and at least if you do see multiple copies of your unique boss monster, um, the biggest thing is that at least you can charge the rest, especially since he's got indestructible. So like once one he's got unique and indestructible. So one there's no way it's leaving your board and uh, two even if you wanted to you couldn't play a second one anyways. So the rest are duds. But um, but it's a play you can make on turn four. So you want to probably run maximum copies so that you can see it. Um, but it's all right. I mean, it's cool. The Aegis is powerful. I've seen some people compare this like, yo, how come they got rid of Bojack? Because like, this is basically Bojack. And I'm like, you're high. <laughs> this, costs, <laughs> this, this costs six energy <laughs> across two battle cards and it only rests a card. You're not dr- like, no. <laughs> you said you're high. I'm done. <laughs> like, like, don't get me wrong, guys. This card's good, but it is significantly harder to get out than Bojack. Um, so, I don't have too much to say about the archetype. I'm not like um, a Zamasu slash Goku Plaque stand as most people in the community are. But I think, hey, I, I like that they're exploring Wish again. Um, I like to I like to see how they're doing uh, Dragon Balls a little bit differently this time around. Um, the leader's nothing too crazy, but his archetype looks interesting. And um, if anything, the boss monster seems like it's going to be an annoying card to deal with. Um, I don't know how well poised it is in the meta, but nevertheless, again, it is a yellow leader. So it's still a deck that can run repose, that can run power over Super Saiyan, you know, all that stuff. So nevertheless, uh, even if this deck is a four or a five, uh, it is a seven or eight because of everything else that it gets. So, and then you get blue, you're incentivized to play blue. So you're probably going to be a bean deck anyhow. So you'll be able to extend your plays and do fun arrival stuff. And you can just run this. You can then run like, uh, Kefla and then all the other blue yellow stuff. Cause you're playing blue yellow anyways. So. Uh, this is poised to be probably a pretty solid uh, yellow-blue-yellow deck. I can feel that. Um, you talked about uh, a few seconds ago being a Zamasu Goku Black stand. If you're a Zamasu stand, I really... I, I, I fuck with you, fam. But if you're a Goku Black stand, I think you simple. Like, the same people <laughs> that say that Goku shows up way too often in the show and the card game, just like... Like, like Toei was just to be like, yo, this man frowning now. And then you guys were like, hey! And then, like, that, that literally, like, that's it. <laughs> like, that is it. I uh, could get on a soapbox and say that Goku Black was a completely wasted chance to really cause Trunks some emotional damage. You want to get spicy, guys? You want to know a plot line that could have worked? Imagine if Zamasu exhumed future Gohan's dead body. Yeah. Or wished it back and took it over. We would have a future Gohan who has more potential than the OG Sands, taken over by a god. And I don't know, all the things that Goku did with that, like, key sword, that could have came out of, like, Gohan's, like, stump arm. Would have been even cooler. 
And on top of that, Trunks would have had the PST, uh, PS, wow, PTSD of a lifetime, seeing the face of his mentor pick up his mother by the jaw and just key blast her to ashes. That would have been the start of that season. Like, they wasted a completely good opportunity. And Gohan would have been able to be like, oh, dude, that's just me from another timeline. I got this. He would have gotten smacked, and that would have really lit a fire under his ass. Oh, yeah. After he could see the potential of himself. Okay, I'll remind you at this, point in the, at this point in the story, I'll remind you that Gohan was passing out going Super Saiyan, my guy. Okay, like, chill. That, that was a little bit before. <laughs> at this point, Gohan was giving Trunks ice cream, and Trunks was amazed that Gohan was capable of smiling because he hadn't ever seen that shit before. <laughs> shout outs to uh vsa frank was like gohan was just like giving trunks ice cream and trunks was shook i was like bro trunks was eating cat food out of the can two days prior <laughs> ice cream <laughs> shook this dude so literally shook him oh god um so that was basically, I mean, we got almost everything. I think there's a couple of cars, arguably a couple of SRs. But for the most part, spoiler season's pretty much done. You know, there, there's a couple of things that are left to shake up. Uh, TPs uh, we haven't seen so far. Those are probably going to shake things up. I, I suspect uh, the Gogeta ramp deck is probably going to get TP. Um, naturally, the, soul, the, the bootleg Soul Striker deck is going to get TP because right now we got no ways to put cards under that thing. So, like, who knows? For real. You said bootleg soul striker, only soul striker in a minute. You know, a minute. That's that's gonna be my. That's gonna be what I call it forever, man. Um, Bootleg coup, you know. And then, um, so so we are seeing that there are probably gonna be TPs with some uh, very, uh, probably uh, very tied down to archetypes, which means uh, this TP set is looking that it could be a little bit expensive, depending on uh, how many people are trying to jump onto these decks. Um, But nevertheless. Um, what do you think? What are you going to play? Uh, what's piquing your interest in terms of picking up new decks when the set actually releases? Now that we have like mm-hmm. a decent perspective of what everything looks like. If Icarus doesn't get clapped, it's still Icarus. Uh, <laughs> let, me just, <laughs> let, me, let me put that out there. Um, let, let understand. So, yeah, it's definitely still Icarus if Icarus doesn't get clapped. And uh, if Icarus does get clapped... Um, Trunks, Black Trunks is very, very, very strong. Very strong. Um, its ability to overwhelm six every turn past turn three is very, very strong. Like, on average, the moment you get to turn three, you should be putting out one, two, three, four, five, six, six to seven attacks per turn. Um, if your opponent doesn't, like, actually from zero, if you're starting out every turn with just a unison, and your leader in play. Three energy will put one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, you'll be swinging seven turns or seven times. Now, if they don't answer the trunks, the SR, and they don't kill like a thwarting that's on your field, then you can put two energy for another trunks and you can still play a six drop. And mm-hmm. so automatically that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, if you play fighting versus or fighting against fate nine yeah like it's ridiculous the amount of pressure that deck can put out now granted we're getting more and more floodgates that send you wide and that's a huge huge issue because going wide sucks when you have to discard two per swing but um yeah don't let this deck catch you lacking like it can put out seven attacks from nothing per turn um and i really do like that deck a lot it's got a lot of utility and i think it's got the like potential to go further mid game especially with like the 
for or the uh, pay for eight drop Gogeta, you know, SS4 thwarting stuff like that. Um, I mean, Trunks is really good too, but if yellow gets hit to the point where Icarus can't be used, I'm not going to really be trying to play Trunks. Mm. Uh, I'm going to put it out there again. If you guys want to prove me wrong, prove me wrong. Uh, U7, I think, is a trap. Yo, um, yo, actually, I really do. I, I feel like it. So, uh, U7 is a deck that doesn't really go mid range, like, it has some mid range cards, right? But it's a mill deck. It's a burst three deck. You are going to be putting the top probably about 12 cards or so minimum into your deck. And then on top of that, you know, your 17s, they, they search from the top. You're, um, you're going to cantrip. If you're playing the one drop Gohans, you're going to search. Your leader is going to draw. Things like that. There's all sorts of things. But this deck is not made to go long. Once you're at turn five, you're going to be like, at a point where you're going to be worried about how you even use your draws because you don't have that many times to do that. Um, if you get Oceanus, it's almost a hard stop. Like, it's just a straight-up hard stop. And the thing about this deck is, since it's so tuned to being an early game, like first three turns of the game, closing out with the SR on turn four, maybe turn five, or sorry, the SCR on turn four or turn five, you're at a point where... Your most impactful turns are turns two and three. And granted, on turn two, you can put a good, what, leader, Android 17 with double strike, Frieza with dual attack. Yeah, on turn two, you could put a good four damage on board, actually five damage on board with correct combos. Um, turn three, you should be actually, you could drop double divine presence. And if they haven't answered your board, you're really just laying into their ass. But... To have these explosive U7 turns, you have to have consistent mills. And everything that's good about red that's not U7, your crowns of retributions, your your violent rays. Um, if you decide to play unisons, which I actually don't even like in the deck because they kill your consistency when it comes to your milling, you have to play cards that could hinder your mills in order to make it a more consistent, valuable red deck. And if you do play those cards, your offense lacks. And if you do, if you don't play those cards, then your utility lacks. And so I think it's a weird deck where you have to build one way or another, and either one puts you in very weird positions this format. If you're trying to build a mid-range deck, you wouldn't want to play a deck that mills itself. You might as well just be playing Gohan or uh, or Vegeta because they'll maintain their deck size and can live up to those long times or those long, uh, those later turns. If you're going to play Goku, like I said, you want to make sure that your turns two and three are super powerful, and that doesn't include milling a Violent Raise and a Burly Crown of Retribution in one Universe 7 and not being able to play any of your cards. Mm. So that's kind of that's kind of where I stand on that. I think that uh, the deck is going to be tricky to build, and there's a lot of variance involved. The same deck, you can burst three and discard one, and the next turn burst three, discard one, and have seven Universe 7s engraved, go off King. The same deck, you could do the same exact play and only have four Universe 7s in deck and not be able to play 17 or Frieza. And you just look like an idiot. So, like, <laughs> that's, like, that's scary for me. And so because of that, I kind of do feel like Universe 7 is a bit of a trap. And it's extremely linear, too. Um, it's very, very linear. Like, Yellow's current defense game can probably handle that deck very badly. Mm. So... That's that's kind of where I stand on it. Um, if that changes, it changes. But again, like you, nothing feels worse than like 
being like, okay, well, I'm going to mill three. And you're like, crown, a negate, and uh, I don't know, whatever, somebody else is playing. And you're like, well, I'm going to discard a U7. Your next mill, you're like, uh, U7, U7, a non-U7, and you discard a U7. That's, that's, that's not enough. <laughs> that's literally, that is not enough. You will play a 17 with no double strike. He'll be able to search, but it's a 15K. He gets removed by almost every piece of removal in the game. And you didn't pressure your opponent the way they need to be pressured. It's it's gonna be interesting, but I think U7 is even though you don't need to build it super archetype like to have it function in terms of effects, you don't you need to build it super archetype like to have these summoning conditions and sparking conditions met. Mm. So yeah, that's just me. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Um, yeah. Uh, alternatively, if, even if that's probably true, uh, my number one game plan in terms of Realm of the Gods is 100 percent turn my brain off and just. Burst and swing, baby. Whoa! Hey, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> uh, it has been a hot minute since I've played a Turn My Brain Off deck. Um, you know, I don't play aggro all that often, um, but the few aggro decks I do play, I enjoy a lot. So I'm definitely looking excited to... One, I'm just a U7 stand in general, so just being able to jump back into playing some U7 stuff is going to be super excited. Any excuse um, to play that Vegeta, honestly, is a really or the Vegeta SCR is a really good one for me, especially... I'm 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 crying on the inside because bro, I, I know I'm gonna have to get that god rare and uh my wallet cries <laughs> so badly. Um get lucky. yeah, well or I get lucky. Maybe the one box that my sponsor gives me will have it, but um like the worst part is I'm gonna play with it, right? Because I'm a player, I play my high rarity cards. I'm not even like I know I'm gonna make some people like cringe with the fact that like bro, you should be like putting that in a in a in a case or something. I'm like, nah, nah, we just we just play with the cards out here. So uh, U7, super excited about, um, probably going to try a variation of builds, try it with Gohan, try it with Vegeta, like maybe you just use some of the U7 cards that are like moderately decent in the later game instead. Um, there, there, there are ways that I think, but like you said, like I, you gotta be careful because like you have to cut on your utility to be more consistent, but the more consistent you are, then the less utility you have. And then that doesn't actually let you be able to do things that close out the game and such. Um, especially if you have a clunky start, so It'll be uh, interesting to see where that lands, um, but it is a deck that's going to be, uh, you know, you're just going to have to see where uh, the ban list takes us to in terms of what we're going to do uh, with the deck. Uh, otherwise, Champa is interesting. Beer like we or Beerus is interesting. Sorry, Champa we can forget about Champa. He's got the two word. He's got the two worst life totals in the game. He starts at five, which is the uh, like second worst life total and then he awakens at the worst life total so like i don't <laughs> i don't i don't believe in champa whatsoever but i will say hey, that yeah no i, I just said hey look i ain't gonna uh yeah, yeah yeah i bet <laughs> <laughs> but champa seems interesting uh, i want to build a blue green champa that doesn't actually care about the field card and just utilize the best parts of him as a generic green leader that can like free play cards and do a little bit of incidental hand destruction and like if you bean him he's like unkillable uh so like th th those are going to be i think the two biggest things i'm interested for trunks has me interested in playing black because he's a non-interactive draw variant of what all the black leaders are doing so maybe i take a peep at that um but for the most part i think those are the things i'm most interested in um if there's you know if there's some spicy builds um I'll try out something because I like putting spice out on the streams and stuff. Um, oh, I guess Vegeta BR ramp. Uh, I, again, I think it's not there. It's missing a piece and maybe it comes in a TP or something. But like to play BR ramp right now with a Vegeta leader just isn't there. It's missing something. So uh, I'm going to just keep that leader in my peripherals until uh, we get 
um, some maybe some additional support release to make it more profile. But those those are basically the things I'm looking at the set. Um, I have everything that yellow uses. So like if I arguably, I guess I could play Trunks or uh, Zamasu if I wanted to. But we'll, we'll see what I end up pulling out of a couple of boxes. And maybe if I have the stuff I need for it, I throw it together for a stream. That's fair enough. Hear me out. Hear me yeah, out, okay? Yeah, 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 yeah. What if... What if... The field card, I think, is kind of a necessary, like, little bit when it comes to uh, some of these things. Because, like... Alright. The field card... You don't want to base it around the field card. But, like, the first time your opponent loses a card to your field, they're going to be like, well, that sucks. Mm-hmm. The second time they do it, they're going to be like, that sucks. Now, when you're at three battle cards under there, they're going to be in a weird position where they don't want to allow you to win the field card. But playing battle cards allows, puts them in a position to where you can potentially swipe game from them on a gimmick. And all these cards seem to get abilities when your opponent has no battle cards. Right. So it's like, do you want to lose to my field card? Or do you want to get lay swung on by like this 25k critical double strike? <laughs> yeah okay yeah like so I'm i not... feel like it kind of burns it from both ends mm, yeah well that's the thing right like it creates a position where like the field's not the most consistent way you're probably going to win your games so it provides an alternative situation so like maybe we include the field card or whatever but like i like i just want to it's more so to say that the deck wouldn't be built around the field card but you could include it like i got no issues with including especially since it has some defensive ability also to force your opponent to swing into something else so like there's been oh i forgot about that no we definitely got to include the field card. <laughs> it, it literally it literally forces the ladder of your, uh, your battle cards yeah i completely forgot about that like these battle cards are doo-doo but you can force your opponent to swing into those battle cards yeah and like haha level up yeah <laughs> yeah all right so we're playing the field card <laughs> it's a two of it's it's a two of yeah, just yeah. so it doesn't get caught in life. Yeah, exactly. Like that's the thing. Like you include it and you can run it if you can. But generally, I, the the green stuff excites me just because it's weird, and I always play the weird stuff. So maybe uh, maybe get some messing around there. Um, but that's pretty much it in terms of you know the reveals, uh, realm of the gods. What we're we looking forward to. Naturally, there are a couple more reveals, so you know maybe we'll have some last crazy things to talk about. We still don't know what the god rare are. We don't know what the TPs are. So there's still a lot of conversation, and um, the viability of all the decks that we've seen so far uh, aren't decided whatsoever. We've just kind of seen the most of it, and given that, that's kind of like where we're standing on things. But uh, the last little tidbit uh, to talk about today, um, everyone's been talking about it. It seems like everyone's making a video of it. And even mine, by the time this podcast releases, uh, mine will have gone up yesterday. Um, Banlist predictions. Now, we don't need to do like a deep dive because I think at this point, I think the community, I, like oddly enough, I do actually think the community is like 90% agreeing on like most aspects that need to get touched, right? I think if, if, if I'm looking to kickstart the conversation, yellow, Need something done, and I think we have a couple of critical cards there. Um, Realm of the Gods is introducing us uh, Echo Fighters of cards we already have. So odds are they are pinned for a banning. And then there's a couple of stragglers from cards that people feel were missed. And I feel like we're missing the last couple of ban lists that could get hit today. But the biggest thing is yellow. And here's the thing. I don't want them to kill yellow. I don't think we need it. I don't actually think yellow is broken. I think yellow is just overtuned, and I think you need to bring it down a peg um, and maybe touch some of the cards that 
are kind of gluing everything together. So when we're talking about that, I think power of a Super Saiyan, because what does power of a Super Saiyan does? Well, not only does power of a Super Saiyan plus the Icarus leader means that for effectively three, you're preventing like three attacks. Um, but it also turns on your poutine. It turns on a Bergamo if you've got it. Um, and then with the poutine, now you have slug, which prevents your opponent from being able to draw into outs. And now you've created like this whole big situation. So for me, I think power of a Super Saiyan is something that forces. Oh, yeah. And then just the fact that they use power of a Super Saiyan means that basically on turn two, they have robotic repose live for one energy. And steadfast. Uh, and fast, right? So like, I think, I think power of a Super Saiyan, you touch that card. Um, I think it forces yellow to run. I mean, mind you, there's still other phenomenal yellow extra cards they could use, but it forces yellow to have to work slightly harder for its thing, you know? Um, so you hit that. Um, Poutine's obviously getting hit because it's getting a bunch of things. So I think, I think hits like those where like yellow is still going to be an incredibly good color, but you don't make it free for yellow to be this incredibly good is like the big things that we should be looking towards. I agree. I agree. I agree. Power of a Super Saiyan is a it's a gatekeeper. It stops things. It stops these coming to play during your battle things. It it is an extra card that fills and it does it for free, so you don't have to like. And it can trips. There's a lot of dumb ish that happens with it. So I agree. Like it definitely needs to not have the same amount of utility. I think for me, it's kind of simple. Power of a Super Saiyan. I would like to see it at least semi-limited uh if it got banned i wouldn't cry but if it gets semi-limited and when it feels bad because mm -hmm. consistency is a thing too if yellow doesn't get the extra cards in gray for the first two three turns of the game their defense is not going to feel like it is and that's a window where you can definitely punch in on them so um really yeah power of a super saiyan at least semi-limit um i i need to see foo banned thank you oh my mystery is like the champion oh. versus uh, uh versus yellow so that's kind of annoying but yellow can use it too so yeah. that's, that's where it gets annoying on both sides but legitimately is crappy as food shrouded and mystery is sometimes like that's the only thing stopping yellow from wombo combo defending your ass into oblivion and so for that i give him his medal but he's a war crime at this point like he just needs to not do what he does so strongly um what else do I feel like needs to go? Piccolo Jr., the unison is kind of toxic. Like, we're getting away from a meta where we just want to sit here and negate people all day. But at some point, negates are going to come back into style. When they do, Piccolo will be there stroking his non-Namekian genitalia because, you know, they reproduce asexually. Waiting to destroy your entire board just because you're swinging, turning your card sideways as aggressive decks do. The fact um, that his auto is not once per turn blows my mind. I think his auto could have been like a limit too, and it would have been okay. But like, it's 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 infinite. Like, and even like though it's like, uh, oh my gosh, it's bad. Like, how do you make a whole <laughs> freaking rotation of counter blockers and just have Piccolo sitting there like licking his lips? Like, you just I'm gonna pay a life to counter your attack and make a blocker, Piccolo. I'll eat that. You're like, huh? Yep. All right. Got you. <laughs> and like all these cards that you want to be like super strong, Piccolo just like stops them from existing. He's like, I'm gonna repost you. It's like, okay, I'll eat that. All right, cool. Um, sounds good. And because of the way triggers work in this game, you can stack things. Like somebody could counterplay you with a 30k, like if it ever existed, and you could literally be like, Well, Yamcha. And uh, while I'm at it, Piccolo. And then guess what? Your 30k just got waxed by a freaking auto on a unison. And you had to like, it's, 
it's pretty wild. Like that is actually pretty wild. So um, I said like that can't happen, but that could literally be a baby ape. Piccolo could wax a baby ape as yeah. long as you had Yamcha in hand too. So um, yeah, all in all, Piccolo Jr. is one of those cards where just because he's not in the meta doesn't mean he's not toxic. Um, thwarting should probably catch a semi-limit. Um, you should not be able to open up with thwarting as consistently as you can. I understand it being a boss card. Um, and the reason why I say semi is because, yes, I just don't want it to be open. If you recycle it, you recycle it. If you pay, if you overwhelm six for the uh, Beyond Elements Goku and you take it from your warp, you're at least using cards to get it back. Like, you're at least trying to expend cards to do what you're going to do. But you shouldn't be able to open it with it and your opponent removes it and you're just like, hey, I'm just going to play another one. <laughs> like, the wording's a little too a little too sleek for it being at four. So my things are like my things are mostly limits. I don't think many things need to get banned except Piccolo Jr. Like Piccolo Jr. can get banned. Fu, Shrouded in Mystery can get banned. Um Power of a Super Saiyan could go, but I think it needs a semi. Repost could probably see a semi. And then uh, I just want Yellow's defense to be a little less consistent because last night it really hit home. I was playing uh, one of my friends. He's uh, testing Icarus against uh, just whatever deck I wanted to try from set 16. And uh, for three turns in a row, I had seven to nine attacks on board. And I couldn't force him past four life. That's insane. That's tough. Like, that is literally <laughs> insane. Like, between Poutine, between Steadfast, between Power of Super Saiyan, between Repost, I could not force three straight turns of amassing up to about seven to nine attacks per play. And there's no, like, never got through. When attack finally got through, you know, every card in his deck has been cantripping. And so he was able just to be like, yeah, I'll actually just combo now. And uh, that's that's not how the game should work. Not to mention the whole point, we had a little argument about Turles, because I personally believe that Turles should cost one extra energy. I do not believe that yellow should be able to pay two to get around a problem that yellow has had since the dawn of time. And that's that yellow can tap all your crap. But at one point, yellow is going to ask itself, wow, I really can't remove any of this. How do I win and still maintain this defense? Because at some point, you know, the board they negated three times is still there and they have to, you know, not die to like 12 swings. But with Turles, you're able to pay two energy, which is far too under cost in my opinion to blow up two of their biggest threats that you tapped or that went sideways last turn and you negated. And that's just a little too big because two energy is simply not enough. You have four energy, use two energy. Yellow needs one energy to stop three attacks. On two energy, yellow can shut down your entire offensive play for the turn. So if Turtles only costs two, he's always leaving yellow in a space where they don't have to choose between mitigating your board and shutting down your turn. They just do both. And that gets stronger every turn from then on in the game. Five energy is more than enough for them to play Turles, play Basil, poke with their entire board, and then still have two energy open for next turn. Like, it's just a little too strong in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, it is, it's also so incredibly versatile, right? And that's just, that's the thing. Like, you can just, if there's not two cards to pop, or if you don't even want to pop, well, you know what, how about you take a draw? And then that's tied into a very well-statted 20k double striker. So it's, yeah, I, okay, yeah, that's fair. I could see that in terms of, like, a change. Um, but it, it all comes around the same theme of, like, something needs to be done about yellow. Um, yeah. So, like, I don't I don't know what way they're tuning. I don't know if they're leaning more towards errata. I mean, I'm not a big fan of erratas. Um, 
I'd rather they just ban and print newer versions of the cards that they got rid of personally because I think the more erratas we have, the harder it is for people to come into the game. And I and I also not the biggest fan of limits because the limited list feels like it kind of makes the game clunky. But like I'm not like I never came from Yu-Gi-Oh, so like maybe I'm just not adapted to things typically being limited. But um, it just hurts the consistency. That's yeah. really all they try to do with the limit. They want to hurt the consistency. They don't want to ruin the card. Because some of these cards, it's like if you draw it early mid game and you hold out that card until it really matters, until it breaks the game, you should be rewarded for that as a player. They just don't want you slamming the card literally every time you see it because you have four of them or three of them in Yu Gi Oh's case. And it's just so good. They want you to be like, okay, like it's at two. You can't just afford to ram this into your opponent, have them survive the play, and then you'd be out of one of the best cards in your deck. You need to wait until you think the green lights are on, which I think is healthier for some of these cards. Like, it's just really strong to be using repost every single time you feel like you need to press the button, knowing that you have four more in deck. Like, uh, yesterday, that game I was talking about, I looked at my opponent's graveyard, and he had gone through four Power of a Super Sands and four Steadfast. And he had charged one of the steadfasts. And like, again, I just wasn't able to break through. He'd only used one repost. And so I was like, I'm about to get reposted. There's no way with 15 cards left in his deck, I'm not about to run into a repost after I've gone through four power of a super sands and three steadfasts. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that, that, that shit hurted. Like, it was just like, am I supposed to play the game? And all this stuff draws, man. Steadfast draws, power of super saiyan draws, turtles draws. <laughs> like, why does every single card in yellow draw? Like, because oh they God. want to make sure that while Icarus is pot of greeting every turn, you're not losing anything outside of that. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, I think that's the biggest thing. Tune yellow, Fu. I need like I understand a lot of people are like yo, but Fu helps close out games. I'm like yeah, but if we have a problem, like if if our game is in a place where we can't close out games unless we literally turn off our opponent's deck, then we have a significant problem with our game. <laughs> well, that's only yellow though. Blue will blue will fold to enough aggression. Yeah. Like yeah. Like, like every every other color will fold. To enough pressure it's simply yellow yellow will stop your entire shit it start at 14 cards in hand end at 14 cards in hand <laughs> <laughs> and you need foo you literally need foo like yellow is the reason why foo foo is if, if foo leaves the game right now yellow is just oh is goaded like yeah, it actually just like gains god <laughs> It goes from demigod, uh, demigod to like full blown god status. It's just it's awful. Yeah. Ugh. But uh, otherwise, I think yeah, like that's. I mean, I think Poutine's gonna get the strap, but that's because we got like two different Poutines in this main set, and then Soul Striker. I'm worried about. Um, and like, I think eventually Soul Striker needs to go, but I think Blue needs tools to be a better. Blue needs better tools to be able to allow it to have variety in what it's trying to do for us to see our type leaders start to see play besides everyone just using Soul Striker. You know, I think mm -hmm. uh, I think Galactic Buster was while, yes, it was played in every blue deck when Galactic Buster around, we saw five blue leaders see play. Now we only see one. And why is that? Because now that blue again has the issue that it can't interact with your opponent's board in a in a efficient way means that it needs to rely on just playing the 
absolute most value game and the one that does that the best is soul striker so i agree that eventually soul striker needs to go because it does live in the same realm that mecha frieza yellow broly and all these other generic leaders that did eventually go live it restricts design space because of how it does it so generically incredibly good um, especially in a world where unisons are focused to them and then we have things like the grand priest and the beerus which make soul striker look incredibly powerful so um i think it does need to go eventually but i would like them to see I would like to see them bring tools to Blue that would fix the issue Blue has, which forces everyone to only be playing Soul Striker. And in doing so, then I would be okay with seeing Soul Striker goes. But if Soul Striker goes with what we've seen so far, then Blue's just not going to see play. I mean, I'll force it because I love Blue, but Blue reliably won't see play uh, at any point in Realm of the Gods. IMO. Hmm. Hmm. Is that so? I mean, I'm okay with eating my words, but yeah, that's where I stand on that. If Soul Striker goes, we're not seeing Blue game played. I'm gonna try it. I'm gonna try Life Trunks. Uh, I'm gonna try maybe some Masu, uh, and like maybe I try Whis or something like that. So I'll give it a try, and I'm okay with either proving myself wrong or someone else proving me wrong. Um, but I definitely feel like Blue would be in a really tough spot if it wasn't for Soul Striker right now. Nah, sir. You know what's about to happen though. Mm. What's about to happen, sir, is we're going to see them TP. <laughs> <laughs> we're about to see them TP shoving mad. Uh, oh my, I forgot that I had, uh, on top of getting whatever cards I need for the set, I forgot I need to put set aside like $500 on TP tech set. <laughs> uh, we're about, we about to get in there, mate. <laughs> we're about to get in there, bud. It's uh. It's about to be wild, all right? It's about to be wild, and uh, it's about to be wonky. But we're going to get three blue cards that turn this Goku from zero to hero. And Soul Strike is going to get banned, and this Goku is about to go crazy, and life will be good. You know, if that's the case, then fine. Then if, if Goku had to be pinned on the cross to, to make blue thrive in such a way... Hopefully not too expensive away, then so be it. I'm pretty okay with that at the end of the day. Oh? Yeah, I, I, I believe in the health of the game. Here's the thing. I'm the type of player who will play all the broken shit, I, but I won't be a hypocrite about it. I'll say, yo, this shit needs to get banned. Like, <laughs> yeah, like I, I used to pull up at Locals when, like, Set 4 came out. And, like, I'd tell all my Locals as we were chatting before pregame, like, yo, swap stupid. That shit needs to go. It's ridiculous. It, like dying on turn two so dumb and then my opponent sits down around one like hey yo what's up like what's your leader i'm like oh, okay cool i'm playing blue hurtigard you know so like don't get me wrong like i i very much played degenerate shit because i love degenerate shit but i'll be the first one to say it needs to go so like i've got no issues if my favorite stuff needs to go if it's actually a problem <laughs> talk so uh um, so as for today the sc mailbag is empty it's been a quiet week this week so of course guys if you guys ever want to, to answer your questions on air then you guys can either jump into uh, my discord in the channel sc mailbag or you can tweet at myself or chris with the hashtag sc mailbag and we'll get your question on air but since that's pretty much it uh anything you want to say before we close out today's show my good friend uh really this is a really really good set um, in my opinion, it is, we've been talking about the reverse power creep 
for quite some time. We've been getting dusted by the reverse power creep for quite some time. The only thing that could make this set ineffectual is if our ban list is ineffectual. So <laughs> let's let's put our hands up in the air and uh, pray that the the toxicity in the format, the consistency in the format, can get answered in ways that uh, best benefit the competitive metagame. Because that's that really is just kind of where it's going. Like, if if yellow is answered correctly and some other cards outside of yellow, because let's be real, it's it's not enough to, uh, what's the word for it? It's not enough for these things to just be bodied out of the format. You can't just cut off the very top of the uh, ridiculousness. You have to also kind of not just... What's the word I'm looking for? We have to look beyond just the top level of toxicity. Because like I said, you ban yellow, but you keep in food. That's not fair. You ban yellow, <laughs> or you hurt yellow badly, but you keep in piccolo. Like, that's not fair. Like, you just gotta, it's things like that. It's things like that. Yeah, just go a level bit deeper and recognize that, okay, we can't just touch the immediate stuff, but then we need to look a level deeper and see like, okay, so if this gets hit, you know, how does that impact everything else? And what will that look like? And then I think if we go that second level deeper and we impact the things that we need to look on there i think we'll be in a really good place because i think it's a very skill intensive format um even if yellow is insanely cracked i think the better player tends to walk out of that exchange doing so so if we can just tune the color so that there's a little bit more balanced power level wise um and yellow doesn't get to do anything for free i think the game is in a really really good spot so i'm looking forward to seeing what the ban list will be and if it is uh, a ban list that'll have impact, then I think uh, Realm of the Gods will be a fun set to mess around with, for sure. I agree. I definitely agree. All right. Well, with that said, guys, that was our show for today. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Super Combo Podcast. And until we catch you guys next week, best of luck with your top deck, guys. See you. See you.